This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast. It's a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. And it's a beautiful day in medical education. The sun is shining. Temperature is all the way up to like 10 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> and the t-shirts are selling over at theshortcode.com slash store where the proceeds will be donated to our charity of the semester, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Check it out. But let's not forget that my co-hosts are here. We don't want to forget that. Woo. Say hello to MD-PhD student Maddie Mix. Hello. MD-PhD student Aline Sandick may join us or, you know, maybe her experiment in the lab has exploded. <laughs> Serious. M4 Aditi Patel. Hello. And M1 Nick Lind. Hi, Dave. Thank you for joining me today yeah we're here thank you <laughs> no problem I, I do that on purpose i never know whether to leave them in or not because i'm afraid like the listeners will be like what and then... <laughs> anyway we're here we we i we, we got some listener questions uh we got a lot of listener questions recently keep them coming thank you so much um, so let's start with a listener question from Rene. I'm sure that's how you pronounce her name. She's French now. Uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> she wants more info about admissions for MD PhD programs. Hopefully, Maddie, you can you can help us with that. So let's hear from Rene. As a non-traditional student, is it possible or likely for me to get into an MD PhD program? My undergraduate degree was in industrial design but I'm only 25 and will be finishing my pre-med courses next year. If not, will someone without a basic science background benefit from a master's program before applying to MD, PhD, or even PhD-only programs? A fine question. Uh, first of all, Renee, I want you to go to theshortcode.com and search for MD-PhD. The top result will be Aline and Jaden's episode on the whole MD-PhD things, entitled Bonus Episode, Why You Might Want an MD-PhD. Uh, a lot of things were covered in there. Uh, Maddie, is, is Renee even going to be considered if she doesn't have a research background? I would say, so MD-PhD programs have a stronger focus on your research background um, in the admissions process, but it's not necessarily the only factor that they're looking at. And so I know students who have had as little as like six months of research experience getting into the MD-PhD program, if they can demonstrate that they have the skills, the interest um, in pursuing basic research in their career. Um, I would say that if she feels that the background that she has is somehow inadequate, I would argue that a lot of MD-PhD applicants come from various backgrounds, nursing, humanities backgrounds. Um, and so that should not preclude you from feeling like, you know, you would want to apply. Um, I would maybe reach out to the administrators for some of the MD-PhD programs because I feel like they could offer insight on yeah. students that they have um, had go through their program and, and their backgrounds. So Always fantastic advice to reach out to yeah. the various programs and get some idea of what they're looking for and what um, kinds of, especially because individual programs are going to have their own, right. their own emphases. It, right. 
Um, I always think of MD PhD as being like, you know, the students working in wet labs and, and things like that. But I assume that you could do a clinical sciences PhD as Definitely. well. Definitely. There are some like MD PhD students here who are very much immersed in clinical research, mm -hmm. um, more so than like basic wet lab like sciences. And so there's also like epidemiology, um, public health PhDs that you can also do through MD PhD programs. And I don't know if that's of interest like to the student, but um, th there's options. The, um, the, the MD PhD student lifestyle though, very specific um, or very different from the MD student lifestyle, I think, after, you know, the beginning and it has its own challenges. Mm -hmm. I would kind of be a little nervous for somebody coming in with very little like research experience into the MD PhD program and and being all gung ho about it and finding like, holy crap, um, science is, you know, basic science research or even clinical research that's tough mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um do yeah. you have experience with the difficulties um that you yeah have you gotten there yet so i'm only in my first year so yeah, i wish okay. we had a lean here yeah, to kind yeah, of sure. provide yeah. insight here um because i'm only in the like medical curriculum phase well, what have you heard moment. um i think that it's really impor important when you apply that you know for sure that you want basic science or like epidemiology, these other kind of um, side fields to be a majority of your career, a mm -hmm. very large mm -hmm. part of your career. And so if you currently feel unsure of that aspect moving forward, like take a year, work in a lab, see if it's for you. Yeah. Um, I think that would be my best advice instead of applying early, spending all this money, getting into a program and finding out that maybe it's not right for you. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so some ways, I mean, so there are some obvious ways you could do that. I mean, you know, uh, work at your work at a college or a university where you can do where you can be a research assistant mm -hmm. if you can get that gig. Um, I don't know if you're I think she's not still in school. She's good. She's mm -hmm. yeah. It sounds I think like it said she was doing the prereqs. Yeah. Still, right. right. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe maybe while you're doing your prereqs, you can. um uh, get some work, uh, in the lab. Yeah. I actually did that, uh, because I considered MSTP and then realized it was going to take me forever. And I'm a bit older than the, uh, yeah. um, the listener. So, but you, but you look, uh, but you look great. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, uh, I do look younger than my age. I, I think I can say that. Um, but you know, one thing I found is that PIs in general, uh, find, you know, non-traditional students may be a little bit more mature than the average undergrad. Yeah. And uh, they're willing to give you some opportunities that, or at least they were willing to give me opportunities that I mm. wouldn't have otherwise had. And uh, They were willing to give me some. I don't know about you, <laughs> yeah. you peasants. But. <laughs> Not at all what I said. Thanks, Dave. I, I, don't, I don't care what you said. <laughs> there are also some MD programs that have research distinction tracks mm -hmm. like yeah. at Iowa. So mm -hmm. yep. if you're not interested in doing a full PhD, there's always, always research opportunities available to you throughout your career. Yep. And yep. I know we have some non-trad MSTP students mm -hmm. here who did completely non-science related careers before choosing MSTP. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, what would you say is a good reason to pursue MD PhD rather than pursue only a PhD? I think it gives you a unique 
Which gives the MD-PhD. Oh, the MD-PhD gives you a neat, unique platform to kind of base your science off of, where you actually see kind of the clinical correlates of what you're researching. And so it informs the research that you're doing and you know mm -hmm. that it's important. Um, from more of a logistical standpoint, there are specific funding sources mm -hmm. that are allocated through like the NIH for MD-PhD trainees. And so that's a... Um, a plus for Bonus. those for yep. those applicants, and then you asked about between MD PhD and then PhD. Mm -hmm. um, the benefit of doing like a straight PhD is that if you're less interested in kind of the hands-on working with patients aspect, you one get through your training faster. You probably have a longer, more extensive postdoc where you form like a platform for your career, and then as you move forward in your career. Um, you don't have that time devoted to clinic mm -hmm. that kind of not detracts, but is um, you it only probably competes a little bit. Right. With, they, they each compete with its you know, mm -hmm. clinical yeah. versus research. You're yeah. able to stay more up to date in your field. Um, PhDs uh, not always. Well, I don't know how it works in like basic science, but PhDs is not only is not always a sort of a recipe for, you know, uh, job security. It's competitive. It's, um, you know, just because you have a PhD these days, um, you know, doesn't mean that you're, that you're set, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So there's a, a good amount of like, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's only like exacerbated as you kind of go up the chain where faculty positions are highly limited unless you like want to work in industry, mm -hmm. you have, um, grants that, um, are limited in terms of their funding as well. Yeah. And so it, it's very difficult to, if you want to be stay in academia to like achieve that full professor yeah. um, position. What would you say the work slash lifestyle of the MD PhD versus PhD only versus MD? Ooh. I don't, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's that different really. They both bring their own challenges. Yeah. And their own triumphs. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, you, you got to be somewhat, if you're an MD, PhD, or a PhD, you got to be somewhat resilient to, um, uh, you, you, you got to be in it for the long game um, in terms of your research, yeah. you know. And I guess as a PhD student, you may be more inclined to kind of design your own schedule, yeah. whereas like in your medical training, it's more specified. Yeah. Hey, you know who uh, just showed up? Not Aline, as she was supposed to, but John Pienta. All right. Woohoo! John, as you may, you may recall, longtime listeners, he uh, finished up here, uh, uh, what, a year ago? Well, more than a year ago. Yeah, welcome, year and some change. Welcome back for a visit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, I hope, uh, uh, Renee, I hope uh, we've answered some of your questions. Definitely go back and listen to that show. Um, from this last summer, at the end of last summer, um, I think you'll pick up even more, uh, even more stuff. We've got another listener question. This one from uh, Sarah. She would like to know, uh, she's thinking about physician shadowing. What strategies do you have for getting the most out of physician shadowing experiences? Are there specific things you do to prepare or <laughs> questions that you ask? <laughs> How many times do you shadow a single physician? Sarah is uh, very manly. 
<laughs> Sorry, Sarah. I must have oh, selected the wrong voice. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to judge. Maybe, maybe Sarah has a deep voice. Deep, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So, uh, is, does Sarah need to be strategic about shadowing? Mm. I don't think so. No. No? I mean, if you know what you're interested in right off the bat, it might be worthwhile shadowing some physicians to see different styles of how they go about their clinic or mm. patient care. Um, I did a couple of different shadowing experiences, one in general surgery, one in cardiology, and one in the ER. Mm-hmm. Um, I found them all pretty much to be about the same because you stand there and you watch somebody do their job and it gets really old really fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and yet, you, for a lot of people, it's you got to do it. Yeah, yep. you just got to do it and get through it. And it gives you a better idea of what sorts of things they do on a regular basis. So seeing patients versus doing procedures and um, their lifestyle uh, so if you have like questions about what their life is like post residency, post medical school, that's the time to ask those questions because you're never going to really get a good idea of what that stuff is like until you're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I've realized now being on kind of towards the end of medical school is nobody really tells you what it's like. <laughs> no, no, it's it's uh, my impression is that, um, you know, no matter how much, you know, like we could talk at you all day long about like, this is what med school is like. And we do. Um <laughs> It's a, it's definitely a lived experience yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> it's a sure thing. Um, so it sounds like, I mean, you got a variety of different uh, types of physicians. Yeah. Um, but you don't think that, I mean, I think probably variety is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the time I had a lot of different interests and I ultimately... Yeah chose to not pick any of those things mm-hmm. so it because was, of your shadowing experience no or? not at all <laughs> right so it made no difference because it was so far removed from what i had experienced as a medical student so yeah i think that's ultimately what ends up deciding what you go into uh the shadowing is just to give you a feel for whether you can really love medicine for forever or not yeah and i, I think there's something to be said too about um broadening your horizons uh, in in the sense of, you know, go out there and look for things that you might not have thought you liked or for things that um, you'd never heard of. And, mm. and most sure. medical students, if not all medical students, are going to encounter and work with specialties they didn't know existed. Um, and I think there's some you know, there's some real merit to finding some of the, you know, black swans and kind of be, being uh, curious, staying curious. <laughs> and I think if you approach, you know, you can approach just about any of the things and you'll have the right questions because you, you're interested mm-hmm. and you're curious in what they are doing. So seek out some of the less obvious ones, maybe, if you can yeah. get them. I, I actually did that. One of my favorite shadowing experiences was in uh, the pediatric metabolic clinic. <laughs> here at uh, the University of Iowa. So seeing kids uh, who are obese and and dealing with either diabetes or prediabetes, type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. So super interesting clinic, but, you know, kind of one you don't see all the time. Um, okay, Sarah, uh, good luck with your shadowing. Don't, uh, I don't know. Don't don't uh, don't think about it too much. I guess you'll be fine. It'll yeah. be it'll be fine. 
This is one of those, I feel like, you know, I'm contradicting us, you know, like usually I'm very careful, you know, like don't check boxes, but this is one box that you check. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just what you got to do, you know? And, and and I think a classic example of that was, um, I was talking to people who, who'd interviewed med students or pre-meds, uh, for med school. And, and one of the questions is always, why do you want to go into medicine? Why medicine? Mm -hmm. And they, no joke, said one of their applicants said, you know, no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> oh. It's not to say that, like, they hadn't thought about it, but you never want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, make sure, like, as you were saying, the box checking thing, sometimes there's a reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. Words of wisdom from Dr. Pianta. Well and, done. You know, maybe it'll also give you something to write about in your uh, personal statement and your all of the other questions that you have to fill out. Speaking, sections of, speaking of boxes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Maddie, you want a little feedback on an episode you, you were on recently? You and Aline were on recently? Sure. Okay. That was very, you were like, sure. Yeah. I would be like, yeah. mm, I don't know. We have to get used to getting a lot of feedback <laughs> I don't know here. How much feedback this is true. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Dave and the Short Coat Podcast crew. First of all, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the humor and insight you guys provide, especially now that I'll be starting medical school this Woo-hoo. summer. <laughs> in regards to the episode about the hidden costs of medical school at one point in your episode either maddie or lj brought up the book brain on fire i finished the book last week and i wanted to let her know she was right the author had anti-nmda antibody autoimmune encephalitis many patients have an ovarian teratoma that starts it like the patient aline was describing but others like the author herself did not Thanks for all you guys do. No, you, thank you for writing in. Yeah. Appreciate that. You feel vindicated. Yeah. It's always nice to sure. have something that we say on the show actually turn out to be, <laughs> turn out to <Correct>. be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. Thank you, Alan, for writing. At this rate, you're better than the medical literature. Hey, right? yeah. hey! If you're better, if you're if you're right more than half the time, yes, that's true. Then there you go. <laughs> I've read that. That is effed up right there. <laughs> that is. You know what's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick? Podcast merch. And you know what's better than filling a podcaster's pockets when he doesn't need the money? Podcast merch that does something good. When you buy our t-shirts at theshortcode.com slash store, every dollar we make will be given to charity. Spring 2019's charity is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Get your SEPT and bring some light into the world at theshortcode.com slash store. Nick Aditi, I have to say, I, ha- I hate to say this, but mm. you're, I think you're wasting your money going to med school. Mm. I mean, so, you know, average debt. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, Aditi. You've reached, you've reached the end of the road almost. And uh, I'm sorry to say you've it's too late you've now. screwed up. Thank Great. you. Uh, your average debt for a med student's $190,000 for just 95000 Wait, what did I say? Your average debt is $190,000. Is that what I said? Yes. Good. Yes. For just $95,000 more, you can buy a complete hospital room on Amazon. Ah, oh, sweet. And just get on with the doctoring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's legal. Med, yeah. med modular. Is there a guy that went to... You know what? You know what? Here's that. what they teach you in school. They teach you how to follow rules. 
Okay. Well. The people who actually get ahead, you know, your 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 business people, your uh, your your CEOs and tycoons, they got like a two point five. Yeah. You know, like, but their main skill is like not following rules. Not following That's rules. That's right. Look at look at Theranos. That's yeah. Like, well, you know, but billions if, of dollars. She's still not in jail. That's, <laughs> that's right. But yeah. if we don't follow rules, we get fined. And I'm already what a hundred and ninety thousand dollars on well, average in debt. Well, that's yeah. why you incorporate. I'm gonna get negative. Not personally responsible for your for your uh, misdeeds. That's that that's situation. an excellent idea. Right. I think that I should. That, yeah, that we should see if we can get a corporation into medical the next school. Next Ponzi scheme. <laughs> get admitted as a corporation. Uh huh. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, you can you can buy this uh, hospital room from Med Modular. It's a complete patient room wired for performance for just two hundred eighty five thousand uh, dollars. Rooms are fully customizable. Mm. They're optimized for caregiver workflows and easier recovery for patients. They're built in a sort of a shipping container like box. They can even have casters on them. Mm. Uh, and at least according to the, to the pictures I found, yeah. pictures. Uh, it's like a, a shipping what? container. You know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> Med modular. Let's have a chat. Uh, you're going to sell your shit on, uh, Amazon. I want better pictures, bigger, you know, for 285 yeah, really grand. Pictures. I want, I want to be able to zoom. <laughs> I want to, you know. I want to get up close and personal. This is not this this bullshit. Not acceptable. <laughs> yeah, and if I'm going to spend two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars, I'm I'm not doing it on Amazon. They're yep. not going to take my two hundred eighty-five thousand dollar credit card. Would <laughs> be the, the, the you know the return shipping. You know, like I I need to. Uh, I want to buy get, this direct. I need to get an RMA <laughs> for to return my uh, <laughs> hospital room. <laughs> So I don't like it. Oh, this is problematic. It's probably a scam. Please tell me it's a scam. No, I, well, I mean, it's there. You can. I don't know. Yeah, but they're like fake stock pictures. At least that's what the, it looks like. Yeah, those like. are yeah. those are definitely renders. Yeah, uh, computer renders. I would. So, uh, I, would I would not mm. give you my money. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, reviewer reviewer J Dean says our family sleeps easy at night, knowing some knowing if something happens, our staff doctor. And the med modular room are ready to go. While we had to make, doctor, while we had to make a small adjustment to the servants' quarters, it was well worth it for us. I've been told they are more than happy to switch to the updated bunk beds, stacked four high for fun and hijinks. They sing songs at night as they regale each other with fables of times gone by or those yet to come. Our workers are happy to give up some living space, knowing we have a med modular room available for me and my immediate family, 24 hours a day. I understand the cold season is once again upon us. This time we're ready, thanks to Bed Modular. Why can't oh, you wow. go to the ER like a normal person? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you have to sit there forever. Like a normal idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this is professional level trolling. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I really <laughs> like that. I'm a fan. I wish I had gotten paid to write that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can buy any sort of medical equipment pretty much that you want on... Uh, on Amazon these days, maybe with the exception eBay. of like a, of like a, um, you know, heart lung machine or something. I, I don't know if that's mm. available yet, but you might, you might be able to, <laughs> you know, uh, UI, have you guys been down to UI surplus at all? Mm -hmm. no, yeah. It's a yes. great place. You can buy some crazy stuff there. You can, except it used to be a lot better, <laughs> a lot better. I'm going to sneeze. D Dave, how often do you go? <sighs> Probably every day. Let's be real here. Well, here's the thing. It's only open like once yeah. a week. Once, once a month. A, once a month. Once back a month. In the, oh, man. So, so back in the old days. 
Got to get all that old day, you know, oh. Egyptian mummy <laughs> snot <laughs> sneezed out there. That's so bad. <laughs> back in the you fuck you. <laughs> back in the back in the old days, you used to be able to go to UI surplus any day of the week. Number one. Mm. Number two. Um, at that time, you could get anything that the university surplus, whether it was from UI hospitals or from the, the, the main campus or whatever, all of it would go to this warehouse and just like sit there in piles. And then at some point, somebody had the bright idea to A, open it only once a month to the public and B, auction off all the cool shit on uh, some, yeah. some, you know, so you could literally go in and get like an EKG machine or, you know, a, an X-ray uh, machine or whatever, but now it's all just like furniture and you know yeah. maybe the occasional uh, you know bookshelf or whatever computers. It's great, great to go for old computers. Let me tell you something, UI surplus. Your shit is weak now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want the website though. Yeah, it's just not the same yeah. as going. Like you could get like beakers and <gasps> and uh, you get all kinds yeah. of science wait stuff. was this used or not i mean they were used well some okay. of them weren't actually because i would buy a beaker but it's like what has been in here i have yeah <laughs> uh, a little acetone will take care of that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah i mean you could get you could pretty much fit out if you weren't picky about whether your equipment worked perfectly or not you could fit out a lab yeah. or, a, or a you know is that why Nick we have so many meth lords in Iowa? I, I exactly. <laughs> See, because you can't get real Pyrex anymore, yeah. man. I mean, you gotta you gotta a special order from China, yep. or you gotta go to the surplus. Or you gotta go get the old stuff from, uh, you know, the um, the thrift store. You yep. gotta find an old Pyrex. That's uh, how you can make your crack cocaine. My, yeah. my, my favorite store downtown, uh, Artifacts. I love Artifacts. Great store. I go every week. I'm, I'm like, I'm shy about going in there now because I like go every week and don't buy anything. Well, sometimes mm. I buy something. They have such pretty things to look at. It's true. And uh, that's why I go. Mm -hmm. I mean, I overcome my innate sense of like being judged. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah, you can get the Pyrex and the some there are some Pyrex mm -hmm. things, or you can get all kinds of uh, uh, surgical instruments there. If, if that's your excellent, that's your king. <laughs> that's right. I need I need a dissecting microscope. Yeah. So let me know if you ever find one. Um. Okay. I'll let you know. I'll give you a finder's fee. Oh, <laughs> oh. the plot that goes. Now I'm motivated. <laughs> Uh, guys, have you ever been so crunk that you uh, saw a goldfish in the aquarium and thought, "Hey, I know what to do." Do people still and then use you swallowed crunk? it? I, yeah. Do but, people still swallow goldfish? <laughs> I got, I got, I got this guy over here making mummy jokes. I got you making like jokes about how uncool I am. Let's give him a canopic jar full of crunk juice. Canopic <laughs> jar. Uh, I see. I've hooked up my Leiden jar to this to this podcasting machine here. Um, look, have you ever? I, I, my question stands. Have you ever saw a goldfish in an aquarium and thought, I'm going to swallow that? Why? No. no. Well, sure, we all I've have. I've seen people who have. You, what? What? I've seen this happen, but oh, I yes. have never wanted to Who well, have you been hanging out with? Well, you know. Well, he's probably read the case report published last month in which physicians, <laughs> in, physicians in Rotterdam published a uh, thing about a man who perhaps thought he was swallowing a goldfish uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, it, it was a game that he and his mates played together. So basically the game works like this. Uh, you take it in turns to drink a glass of water containing a live fish. 
after you swallow the water, you spit the live fish out onto the table, and then the next person has their go with the fish. Um, I, I'm saying, you know, I'm pretty sure these are all men. I didn't say in the article that this man, I said that this was a man. Yeah, it didn't say what his friend's gender was, but I'm going to go with man. It just seems more <laughs> it just likely. makes sense. That's a dude thing, yeah. I mean, you know, what is it about, what is it about men and, and doing shit like this? Anyway, I, it's, maybe it's sexist. And if it is, yeah. I apologize. Well, you also didn't mention what other sub substances they were under the influence of. Oh, they were, of. yeah. 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 They, it, you know, they were, uh, they were apparently uh, uh, drinking booze. Uh, smoking marijuana. Oh no, no, they no, it was, it was, it was, it was ecstasy. <laughs> ecstasy. There is. <laughs> yeah, it was perhaps the ecstasy that uh, obscured yeah. the fact that it was uh, actually a catfish that they had chosen. How do you confuse <laughs> the two? They are like vastly different. I don't think these guys are into uh, uh, comparative biology. Is that the right? Uh, no, I, like, I don't yeah. think they were like. Hmm, I don't know. It's the like goldfish. It's gold. Yeah, yeah. 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 like what very is, simple. Catfish have whiskers. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. I don't fish. It's the genus of this creature. Um, yeah, it was a little Corydoras, right? I, yeah. I, that yeah. could be. Uh, if you don't know, uh, it turns out that while goldfish will just sort of take that kind of thing, you know, they'll just go right down and be like, no problem. Uh, catfish are more likely to, you know, refuse and erect their <laughs> spiny fins into your throat, which is what happened. The fish ended up lodging his throat. He vomited up a lot of blood and beer. Fortunately, I mean, this is all... Yeah, because this was all inspired by the TV show Jackass, it was uh, all captured in a, in uh, on video. Um, I didn't, I did not see the video. Kind of wish I had, but I'm not sure that I want to. There was a lot, apparently a lot yeah. of vomited blood and beer involved. Video would have been cool. Yeah, it would have yeah. been so cool. That's a diagnostic right there, <laughs> right, right? After like a couple of hours of self-administered treatment of more beer, <laughs> honey, ice cream, things like that, the man went to the ER and had the fish removed from his upper airway. He's, he's fine. Doesn't uh, He doesn't want to be named, however, and the fish ended up being donated to Rotterdam's Museum of Natural History. So wow. there's an ending I think we can all uh, support. The CT there was really cool. Oh, yeah, I, wish yeah. I would have seen that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. I wonder He's, if it'll show up on Radiopedia. Uh, I, I think so. There's a you, yeah. You can you can we'll we'll post a link at theshortcoat.com. You can go check it out and sort of uh, figure out if you would have seen it if you were the uh, diagnostic radi radiologist. Oh, you better see it. I mean, it's. It's not it's that pretty, impressive. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, but it's, it's pretty like, obvious. There's a fish yeah. in there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a fish in there, but it's not like, you know. You know, they actually removed the fish in. First, they removed the fish, most of the fish, and then it turns out there was a chunk of fish left behind that they had to then go back in and remove. And they never did find the fins, no. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, tail. Uh, so Yeah, those are d digestible. Apparently. You might find yeah. them a few days later. This is terrible. I, I don't want to make light of animal cruelty, but I want to make light of this man and his friends. This is why we don't do drugs, people. Yeah. Yeah. Ecstasy, and, ex <laughs> ecstasy and booze. Powerful, please, powerful please combination. <laughs> I was inspired by this story, though. Um, so you ate a fish? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I was that inspired. <laughs> he went although, to the sushi restaurant. Although you and I, uh, Aditi and I, are working on the, uh, the cookbook. Yeah. Did we talk about yet on the show? I don't no, think we, we talked about it. yet on the show. We we uh, we got together uh, last weekend and yep. and did a little little cooking. Yeah, posted about it on our Instagram account. If you want to go check nice. those out. Yes, we did. 
And uh, Adi posted them on Snapchat, which I refuse. I, I refuse to use. Yeah, it was on my personal Snapchat. Mm. I just, uh, you know, like we have a Snapchat for the Shortco podcast. I'm never going to use it. I don't understand. <laughs> I do not understand the point of sending your photos out to have them disappear in 24 hours. Yeah, but if you post them on your story, people can still see them. I feel like I go through my stories enough where it's like, oh, I've seen everybody's no. personal lives. Back to my own. <laughs> you're, you're not. You're not going to convince me. I'm sorry. It was fun though. We. It was fun. We had a good time. We we made some uh, we made some cookies. Yeah. Uh, we made uh, what else do we make? We a made mug uh, cake. a mud cake. Mm. Yeah, mug cake, yep. not mud cake. <laughs> Although it did look like mud. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yellow. It was time. good. We had fun cooking. Yeah. We'll probably be cool. doing more. Do you, yeah. Do you have a title for the book? Uh, well, we've been calling it uh, recipes for med school success. But do you have a, an, uh, a better I like, idea? I, I actually like yours more. But you know what? I I think I would go for all the things you won't get to make. <laughs> while, so, while in med school that's so true <laughs> maybe that'll be like we'll have two categories like uh, you know shit you're gonna eat cause it's easy cause like mug cake that's yeah. legit does it yeah. come in a package right exactly. there's like a fancy ramen recipe mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. a lot of nice. really good stuff in there that's quick and easy to make I've been oh, on a ramen awesome. kick lately which is a terrible terrible idea I mean yeah, for, for a 48 year old man who's, who's you know taking a little high blood pressure medication <laughs> All that salt. It's not a good idea. All thirty-nine yeah. percent of your daily value. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't eat more than one in you know one or two a week. But you know, I think that'd be all right. Right? It's fine. I, that, yeah, any yeah, dog, you're fine. Anything you're in moderation is good. God, you know what? Shortco podcast listeners, if they go back, they can get my entire medical history. <laughs> I know. We, you know, we, we, it's that's great. That and you know, I'm, we could contradict ourselves. Like everything in moderation. Yeah, including ecstasy and goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> And ramen. Meth and cocaine. Anyway, I was inspired uh, by the last story, and I, I and I sort of had a look around the uh, repository of stupid drinking games known as the internet, and, and found a few uh, with which it's, we can play a uh, sort of a special pop quiz. I thought you were going to see. Yeah, pop quiz. We all uh, want to play pop quiz. I love having music for the pop quiz still. It's great music. All right. The game Stump is popular in the northeastern U.S. Anybody heard of this uh, this drinking game? I'm from the mm. Midwest. So. No, yeah. same. I am from the Northeast. <laughs> and, you know, I'm from the Northeast. I've never heard of this game, but I also did not do drinking games back then. I'd probably be more likely to do them now. <laughs> That's not true. Um, but anyway, the idea is you blank on a stump once per turn. If you miss, mm. you take a drink. Uh, that's it. So what is the blank? What do you do on a stump? Sit on it? No. no. You, you nail it. Like, oh, nail it. oh. You did it. Yes. You swing a hammer to hit a oh. nail into the stump. Uh, There's like a German word for this game, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard of this. As you could imagine, after a few shots, you'll be uh, hitting all sorts of things aside from the <laughs> nail or the stump, like, you know, your fleshy bits. Oh. And your bony things. Ouch. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not a good idea. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a fun. great idea. Yeah, I mean, it's a hammer. Come on. How bad could it be? I, I once... Uh, <laughs> I, it, you could, look, if it's not involving chainsaws, then it's probably not dangerous, right? I, I once uh, uh, hit myself in the shin with an axe. Uh, mm. Fortunately, it twisted so that it was the back of the axe. But yeah. basically, <laughs> look, here's a little life pro tip. More medical history. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here's a little pro tip for you. Make sure your axe is actually sharp 
because a dull axe is probably more dangerous than oh. than a sharp one. De- it'll bounce off the thing and like hit you in the face or something. Definitely That's true sure. for knives, but you were never taught how to use an axe, right? I'm no, guessing. no. I, yeah. I went to the I went to the store and and bought, and bought an, an yeah. axe and was like, well, I'm gonna because this was I was camping and I thought, well, you have an axe because there's no way to get firewood <laughs> other than by chopping down a tree. Yeah, once you swing it from <laughs> over your head, once it comes from over your head and the blade is pointed downwards, it should never be, it, its arc should never come back towards you. Yeah, well, that's So you'll never hit yourself. Well, the problem was it wasn't Because you got to bend so. your knees and come down with it. Right. And that also gives you a lot more power to split wood. See, this is why I can't mm. go axe throwing, because that's now a popular hobby for people. It is. Yeah. I would get myself yeah. killed. Well. You can do that here in Iowa City. Yeah, and you can drink while you're doing it. Right. Wait, we have an axe throwing place here. Yeah, we yes. do. Yeah, it serves Just, alcohol. It's too. like down the block. It's like five minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> oh my guys! Oh my god, guys! It's the, happening tomorrow. I know the expression on her face is priceless. <laughs> pure, pure delight. <laughs> Nothing like axes and booze. All right, here's another really? one. Uh, in Mexico, the I'm gonna try to pronounce this. The Tojas men are guys who wander around the bars, tempting drinkers. Daring them to allow him to blank them until they pass out. <laughs> that sounds non-consensual. Let a man run away. I'm guessing it's like headlock or something like that. No, no. Uh, if you, uh, there, I'll. Uh, are there any more guesses? <laughs> no. So you pass out after they do it to you? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. one of the possible yeah. things that could happen. Yeah. Choke you? No. Kick you in the balls? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gut punches. No. <laughs> yeah, why do guys do that? I'm gonna gut punch you and see if it hurts. Yeah. Flex again, your abs. Again, stupid <laughs> idea. It's a theme. <laughs> uh, well, I'll give you a hint. If you don't know Spanish, uh, uh, and, and uh, assuming I'm pronouncing this right, toches translates as touches. Oh, that gets what? worse. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch us, please. <laughs> All right. I'll just put you out of your misery. The uh, these guys wander around bars, daring people to allow him to shock them with eighty-five to hundred volts using some metal handles and oh, batteries geez. they have strapped to their backs. Anybody want ECT for free? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Apparently, apparently. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's 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 some complicated electricity things involved here, but you know, about hundred volts, you're probably going to pass out. Eighty seventy-five to eighty-five, you know, you're you're just going to be real uncomfortable. So, <laughs> yeah, there's two like ranges. It's interesting, kind of bimodal. Like, there's that voltage range right around the conductivity of the heart. You want to stay out of that one. Yeah, that's I think what is a hundred millivolts somewhere in there. Um, and then, and then anything over like I think ten thousand has a ability to sort of arc through the body on, yeah. independently. Yeah. And that mm, yeah, it's not so great, you know. Well, if you think it about can, it, I mean, if he's got two handles, right? And you're gripping the handles with both hands. the The current path is pretty much through your chest, and uh, <laughs> that just doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah, my guess is at that level, it what it does is causes spasms in your um, your chest wall muscles, mm-hmm. and so you like fail to breathe adequately. Yeah. Well, rather than rather great. than getting a yeah, because it's like like tetany, right? Because it's going to be direct current right out of a battery, oh. as opposed to alternating current, which is going to cause you to like spasm. I I was not yeah. expecting to uh, at sixty for, hertz yeah. usually, because unless you're 
Well, um, who knows what unlucky they enough have to... in Mexico, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the, the, it should probably still be 60 hertz. Pretty close. New Zealand enjoys a great game <laughs> in which you and your mates sit in a tree drinking until just one person remains who hasn't fallen out. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great game. Falling out of the tree. This this actually sounds incredibly awesome. I, I, I want to do this now. One, one of my favorite pastimes. This weekend, the short coats are going to go axe throwing and axe, axe throwing and tree falling. falling. Yeah, just falling drink a tree and, until So if you go, if you climb a tree that's about four inches in diameter at the trunk base, uh-huh. and you climb up about a between like half and two thirds of the way to the top. When you get there, you can kind of like hold on with your hands and your legs and lean back uh-huh. and the tree will bend you all the way back to the ground. Oh, sweet. Kind of like a catapult. And then it just kind of gently set you down on the ground and then True. you and let then you go can... and the tree will spring back up. Yeah. So don't have a like a small child or a baby on the other side because mm. then they will. Right. Or, or use it to launch something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's really fun. I haven't done that. Uh, All right, here we go. Here's another (laughs) one. If you're into drinking games that take the entire night, try the Great American Challenge. In this game, teams of four compete on four tasks. First, drink an entire 30-pack. Next, smoke an eighth of marijuana. (laughs) Up next, consume two large pieces. Finally, blank. Don't puke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That seems Write brutal. something with Sharpie on the first person who passes out. I mean, your your teams of four, nice. so you know it doesn't. It's not quite as bad. It's not like one person doing all of this. I mean, it's, you know. Oh, drink a bottle of oh, vodka. Oh, so it's a team of four drinking team of a thirty. Four drinking a 30 pack. I was thinking yeah. that team I would four. have to be drinking this thirty pack no, and no, then no. eat a pizza. I think even that's okay. that's too extreme, even for the catfish guy. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like that game off of New Girl where I, they play. Um, what is it? The American uh, no. Great American. Yeah, Great American, <laughs> and you like. So randomly sprout out like American history and then start running around like crazy and you're just like rampantly drunk the entire night. Nope, nobody knows the rules. Yeah. That's that's part of the beauty of it. You just make it All up right. as you go. It sounds pretty highbrow for uh, for what we're what we're do- actually. This is not uh, the, the the answer here. Yeah, okay. I think it say we could fit into that general category of of things. Uh, no, the answer is solve a 100 piece puzzle. <laughs> so. What? Right. That is oh. really anticlimactic. I like. I, I know. I like yours better. I mean, yeah. if they can spout historical facts. I mean, yeah. trivia would be fun if you're just like really, really smashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Who can quote yeah. more? You know, uh, amendments to the Constitution. Right, John Pienta. Oh, not me. Um, <laughs> all right, next. In this relay competition, uh, teams of four drink as much Franzia boxed wine as they can stomach. Oh, and not then, much. And then ride bikes around the block. Each successive teammate much, must do the same while the previous teammate rides on the handlebars. Uh, the first team to finish their Franzia and their lap wins. What is the game called? The Tour de Franzia. Yes. I mean, come on. France. This is this is like awesome. way more elaborate than the Tour de Franzia that I did when I was in college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did win the yellow jersey, though. Sure. It was who can finish by themselves a box of Franzia by, uh, yeah. Yeah. by the way, um, college student listeners. Uh, this is extremely inadvisable. Don't do any of these things. <laughs> yeah. None Especially of these Especially if you're under 21. This is a this is a terrible. Yes. These are terrible ideas. Uh, here's an Australian game. 
uh, also involving boxed wine. Get a bunch of boxed wines, each with a different color of wine. Um, I don't know how many that is. How many? Three. Well, there's got to be shades, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Red, white, rosé. Yeah, I think, I'm going to go with three, especially when you're in the box variety. So you, you, you remove the, uh, the bladder from the, uh, from the box, um, affix them all around the perimeter of one of those whirly gig style clotheslines, and have your, uh, your mate stand around it, give the whirly gig a spin, and whichever wine lands in front of you, take a mouthful. Play until no one can spin anymore. What is the name of this game? Spin the wine bottle? No. Oh, that's a wine box. Like I guess it's a box, so that wouldn't count. Or spin the bag. Spin the wine in the bag. (laughs) No, no, that's not it. Wine mobile. No, no. Wine carousel. It's called the Wheel of Fortune. Uh, Apparently, the more colors of wine you have, the more fortunate you'll be. The more fortunate you. Like Wheel of Fortune. You won't be. Yeah. Do you guys I can say from experience, too much wine, getting sick on drinking wine is like one of the worst experiences yeah, yeah. of my life. I don't, I um... Hashtag Krista Gala last so, year. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody should do that. Um, yeah, no, I, as I get older, uh, well, yeah, wine doesn't do great things for me, uh, yeah. either during the night when I'm trying to sleep or the next day. So I've just pretty yeah. much avoid that. I strongly recommend against <clears throat> champagne. The cheaper, the worse. Uh, yeah. like, well, I cheap. don't like champagne. I've never had a champagne that I was like, mm, you know what? This is freaking good. Yeah, I, I like it, but that's just me. Sorry, Dave. That is the most horrible no. thing Get you've out. ever said. I know. Get out. Just a jerk. Um... <laughs> Okay, well, uh, that is our show. Um, uh, Aline, sorry. I can be not Aline. <laughs> Dr. Pienta, Aditi, Nick, Maddie, thank you for joining me on today's show. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, listeners, for making us a part of you. Why can I not get through an uh, end of a show? You're dying. I'm choking these days. And thank you, listeners, for making us part of your week. If you like what you heard today, why not subscribe? You can benefit from our habit of answering listener questions, so send your questions whatever you like to theshortcoats at gmail.com or reach out on social media, or you can leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about on the show. And don't forget to visit theshortcoat.com and buy some merch for charity. Uh, If we made you smile or gave you uh, something to think about today, right now, while your podcast app is open, give us some stars and a review. It's a cheap and easy way to be a friend of The Short Coat and helps us know we're doing the right thing. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. We will start selling merchandised uh, themed canopic jars. Yes. And and mummy dust for your your medicine (laughs) pleasure. (laughs) 